Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And you know, I'm really feeling good about today's conversation. I can't wait to get into it. I trust that there's something that you may hear in this next hour that will open you to a different way of seeing yourself, your spiritual journey, and maybe even a different way of thinking about heaven. Listen to this quote. It is a secret not yet known in the world that heaven, seen all at once, appears as a single human being. Intriguing, eh? That quote is from one of my all-time favorite YouTube videos called You Are the Lungs. It beautifully illustrates what many of us innately believe that we are all individual cells within one collective body, the human race. And yet this video invites us to go even deeper and farther and consider more. So I'm so excited to bring to you the creator of that. The video was inspired by Swedish scholar and theologian Emanuel Swedenborg, who spent his life exploring both the physical sciences and the spiritual realms in his quest to understand the secrets of the human soul. In the process, he left volumes and volumes and volumes of writings that continue to inspire seekers. Our guest today is bringing those writings to life for a global audience, and I mean to life. I can't wait to tell you about it. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, open your mind, connect with your heart, and settle into your essential self. As I introduce our guest, Curtis Childs is the digital media producer and host of Swedenborg and Life, a webcast series that airs to 36,000 plus subscribers each week on the Off the Left Eye YouTube channel. Inspired by his lifelong interest in 18th century philosopher Emanuel Swedenborg's spiritually based theology, Curtis created a weekly web show that focuses on exploring the parallels that exist between the spiritual world and those found in our modern day reality, thereby promoting awareness of the mind-body-soul connection. Curtis's experiences early in his life with loss, suffering, and depression have granted him a unique perspective that resonates across generations with a youthful vitality and mature presence. His deeply rooted spiritual faith and practice make Curtis exceptionally qualified to talk to a worldwide audience about how our connection to the afterlife can help us create the best possible human experience on earth. Welcome, Curtis. Hey, thanks so much for having me, and I'll, I'll try my best to uh, live up to that introduction. Oh, well, you know what? I could even say more about you than this introduction, and it was kind of brief, but I am really looking forward to just really helping our audience get a flavor for what you're doing. And it's really, it, it it's unique, it's creative, it's 
It's incredible. And I'm going to speak so much more about that. But first, we have a traditional first question here on the show, Curtis, that I like to ask all of our guests so we can kind of ground our conversation in a bigger perspective. So I want to ask you, if you can share with our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you? Sure. I, I knew you were going to ask that question <laughs> because I've been <laughs> listening to your to some other shows. And so I got a little extra time to think about it. And I see that as a sort of a, a North Star, like, not that it's it, it's already happening now at some level, but it's something we can aspire toward. Because even though there are these connections that run through the entirety of life, uh, life doesn't always feel connected. A lot of people feel isolated. A lot of people are suffering, you know, all of us at different times in our lives. So I think about you know, on a larger scale, that's uh, something we can strive toward to make everything more and more connected. And so that eventually nobody is having to feel like they're going it alone. Then we've really reach that plateau that you're talking about. Mm. Nice. Thanks for that perspective. Um, and that feels really fresh. And just hearing you say that, I, I, I'm just imagining, I'm just going to set the stage for what you've done. And then I want to hear about your story before we dig into it. But you have taken the works, the writings of Emanuel Swedenberg and really kind of like deciphered it down, bring it into a palatable, understandable bite-sized pieces that people can really assimilate and, and chew on and, and get their mind around because really the, the, the concepts are huge. So you do this amazing job. You, you have this weekly radio show and you're hosting it. And I just want to say this for our viewers so they can check it out before we get into this conversation um, about what the content is, you've created this YouTube show, this weekly show, Swedenborg and Life. And, and I, you'll have to correct me. I say Swedenborg and Swedenborg, and I know it's probably the Borg, but it's just, I, I apologize if I'm continuing. I, you can say it however you want. I say it Swedenborg. Um, I, I think the original Swedish pronunciation is somewhere in between. So I'd say what, what, however you say it, as long as somebody's talking about him, I'm happy. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And I get that because that just seems like that mission is in your DNA and, and just deep into your bones. So here you, you create this show. And this is what I want to share with our listeners, that it's not just a YouTube channel where you're having a good conversation or interviewing people, but literally you've integrated so many elements of media where you're, you're bringing the writings in, you're doing little sketches that help people see things in a very visual, visceral way. You, you've created these Swedenborg minutes where you bring the information, just some really basic teaching tools that really run through all of the works and you just integrate it fully as you're sitting there talking and teaching and interacting and then you answer questions. It's brilliant. So <laughs> thank you for that, Curtis. But I want to understand before we get into this content that's extraordinary, how does a young man named Curtis Childs pick up the Swedenborg material and say, wow, I got to do something with this. Let's hear about your story. Who is Curtis and, and how did you get here? Yeah. Uh, and I think that that is a necessary thing to go through in order to get, why would anybody 
stick with, uh, you know, 18th century scientist and theologian for as long as I have. I do want to say about the show, um, it's great to hear you say that, that it's doing what you said, because that's what we've been trying to do is make what is dense and sometimes indecipherable in Swedenborg, not just decipherable, but living. And I, and I don't do it alone. I have a great team of people working with me at the Swedenborg foundation who deserve just as much credit as I do for it. Um, and the, the reason that we go into all that depth of these different kinds of media and everything like that is if, if i knew everybody was hungry and I found this warehouse full of food, um, I would, it would be my obligation to show people where that is. And if people didn't believe me, it'd be my obligation to really use every technique at my disposal to say, wait, this is here and this can help. So, so for me in my life, I've discovered Swedenborg as this nourishment for the spirit. And it's hard for uh, a lot of people to get excited enough to give him the time to find what I found in there. So I'm trying to create these signs toward him to say, wait, 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 if you give this a little time, what you would pass by actually might be something that you're really glad that you found. So that's part of the motivation. Um, and I, so my story is not, you know, everybody's story is remarkable in their own way, but I, I have had, um, you know, a, a, a normal life, like a lot of people, which means full of pain, right? I mean, isn't that what we all go through? Um, we, there are, there are highs, but just about anybody you meet has had really intense times in their lives. And the more that I talk to people individually about the things they've been through, you know, everybody has some part of them that, that is wounded in some way. Uh, and so I, I, um, really would count the beginning of my current interest in Swedenborg in this period when I was like 18, 19, 20, something like that. I'm 32 now, so a little removed from that, but not too far. When I started to get depressed and when people say depressed, you think of like mopey, you know, oh, I, I don't want to go outside today. I was diagnosed with depression, but that's not what it's actually like. It's actually a very active, agitated, fear-filled mindset where you're constantly, or I was constantly bombarded by negative thoughts and feelings and fears. And some fears are describable and some are not, that you just have this existential dread about various things that makes enough sense to you to really make your day miserable, but it's very hard to explain to someone else. So I, I began to just enter this really difficult internal world. And I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know where it was coming from. Uh, I didn't know even, I didn't even have labels like depression to put on it at the time. I just knew that everything is falling apart in all these ways. And I, and I don't know what to do. And through my, um, desire to keep treading water, I, I was trying all kinds of things. And for, and in one of those was to read Swedenborg in earnest. Cause I'd actually already knew who he was because my, my parents had been reading Swedenborg. I'd known other people. So I already had some familiarity, but it was when I really needed help that his stuff came alive for me, that I was able to find not solely through Swedenborg, but Swedenborg was one, the most effective tool that I could find in alleviating some of these, these symptoms that I was having, uh, that it just gave me this sense of peace and this sense of hope like nothing else, like nothing else that I'd ever come across, except there may be some of the, like when I would read uh, near-death experiences, I would get that same kind of thing. Um, and so for me, it it's not like that was a period and now it's over and I'm fine. Life is something that you've got to deal with every day. And I continue to use Swedenborg's material as like um, a medicinal balm 
and and also a navigational tool, all these things to help me navigate not just life, but my own psyche. And it gives me this feeling of purpose and this feeling like I can change things for the better. And I was so touched by it personally that I just feel this obligation to help people find it on their own. I think there's this built in empathy that comes with any kind of suffering. Once you're really acquainted with suffering, you know, uh, this is no good. I don't want anyone to feel like this. So the the greatest gratification that, that I and we can get on the team is to have feedback from somebody that says this helped me in this sort of way. And to know that in that dark place, of, of despair or whatever it is, somebody can come across our material and find, what is this? And we get comments like that all the time. Where, where has this been? And I, I love the idea of, of something you didn't even know you're looking for that just feels both new and familiar at the same time and lifts you up. So that's the point. I mean, that's the point really of, I would imagine why you're doing this show, why anyone's doing anything is to try to, in their own way, make the world a better place. I feel like my best shot at a, a con- contribution to making the world a better place is through getting people past all the barriers to Swedenborg and into the message behind all the the text and everything. Mm, excellent. I love that response. I appreciate that. Sure. And hearing your story, knowing that it, the work, the body of work has been so healing. So we need to introduce this, this, mysterious body of work and you mentioned that um that near-death experiences have kind of tweaked that within you and 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 i I was thinking about how literally i just recently had both anita morjani on the show and evan alexander to talk about that right and i'm going to have you introduce emmanuel swedenberg but when from me learning from you not me digging into the works, even though I have two of the books right here. I have the the sampler in front of me and I have the Secrets of Heaven, but mm-hmm. it is really big stuff. But from learning from you and the works that you're doing with Swedenberg and Life, the videos, um, here's how I would introduce it. And I want you to go a little deeper here, but sure, it's kind of like... You talk about how he had this spiritual awakening experience, like when he was 50. So here, a man, Eben Alexander and Anita Morjani had this near-death experience, and they're bringing that wisdom back and sharing it with others. It's as if Emanuel Swedenberg had this awakening experience and then spent 30 more years in it and channeling it back through his writing so that others could experience it too. So that's my understanding. Tell me more and, and how I did. You, that, that's a plus. I mean, that, that's right. It's, it'd be like, um, you're interviewing somebody and they're still having the experience while they're talking to you. The Swedenborg broke the, this veil and never went back for the last three decades or more of his life. He was constantly in touch with the, this deeper source of wisdom, with the thing that people come into contact with in their near-death experiences. But he was he got so lucid and comfortable in it that he could, if he was wondering about something, he could ask and he would be shown about it. If he wanted to have a conversation with somebody, uh, he could go do it. If he wanted to learn the underlying structure of reality, he could go do that. And with his scientific training, he was very good at cataloging things and writing them down, often not not in a the same uh, way with the same emotional potency as a lot of accounts of near-death experiences. So, and that's 
a lot of the reason why, you know, people like me have to try to bring it to life because what the near death experiences did for me was really give you a sense of the feeling of love, you know, the feeling of the love in it. Mm. Swedenborg does that. And if, if you, um, if you get used to the way he talks, it can be very moving, but in general, there's somebody who's writing in, in a modern way of their experience. You can get this, the, the important information that there's just, uh, you are loved. There is this amazing healing that is possible. Swedenborg goes and gives you all the information as to why that, why that exists, how it exists, how we connect to it, how we're supposed to live. He, he just took all the time in the world to write every detail of this this reality that these other people are experiencing so i i see them as a companion piece i I have people that that will come to me after hearing swedenborg and tell their stories uh that are similar you know that they've they've experienced something beyond the physical world that that is similar to swedenborg's and to me that again brings it to life more because everybody if there's really something out there everybody's experiencing pieces of it so they should be able to fit together and you, you just complete your puzzle and your, your sense of the reality of it. Uh, so, so Swedenborg to me is, is a big part of that puzzle, but he's certainly can be helped by not just, and I, I'm kind of going on a tangent here, so stop me at any time, but not just other spiritual experiences, but other normal experiences. The thing that gave Swedenborg the staying power for me is that he gives me insight into the things that happen every day. He gives me insight into the the thought and feeling patterns that I have. He gives me insight into why it feels the way it feels to look at nature. That there is why um and, and how to navigate the human machine. All this stuff. You know, by that I just mean how to live a life that that lends itself to being fulfilling and, and um and have some kind of positive direction. It's really been the way he relates to the the day to day stuff that that uh, has made me really moved and, and, and changed. Nice. Nice. And so like hearing you speak about what moves you and, and it had to have its staying power with you to really devote your life path to this work. It's, it's beautiful how you've, you've picked it up at that early, late, late teens, early twenties. And here you are 32 and still I can hear the passion in your voice. You're, you know, bigger. Yeah, it's better it's, now. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. So really, he's taken some incredibly cosmic, huge concepts, but then he's also really brought them down into normal everyday, every, you know, looking at nature and learning from nature, learning, looking at relationships and learning from relationships. So he shows you a path of how to really discern these large, incredibly huge limitless and really difficult to understand concepts and brings them down to earth. Absolutely. I was actually just, somebody stopped by our our studios here today who had been watching this show and we were talking about that very thing. And I think I can give a really concrete example of that in the the topic that the the title of your program here is is based on uh, you know when the human race breathes together Uh, is now a good time to talk about this, uh, the grand human uh, as Swedenborg saw it. Sure, absolutely. So this, I, I wanted to bring it up because I think it's a good example of something that sounds really far out there and, and, and removed from this world, coming into something very tangible and practical that anybody can apply at any time. And so the, I'll give you a, a quick synopsis of the grand human as I understand it. As you read in that quote, Swedenborg was able to see 
that heaven, he could see heaven, but not just see parts of it, but be able to step back and see the whole and be shown that the entire thing can look like a single human being. And that seems like a mystical kind of statement. But when you break it down into the, the, the why, it becomes something that is applicable. And I want to start by saying that what he's getting at is that you and I and everybody else are wearing the design of heaven on us. That the human body is a blueprint or a roadmap to a, a heavenly interaction for the whole human race. And I, I like to put it like if we all thought like the body thinks – everybody would come into into like a state of mind that I would call heaven. If you like you mentioned in the beginning, if you break it down into on a cellular level, what what is every cell doing and how is every cell interacting? Well, every cell is completely focused on the good of the whole. Right? If you're a cell in the liver or or in the in the um, lungs or something like that, you're making proteins, you're you're doing cellular jobs it's completely for the good of the whole. You, you know, if you're a red blood cell, you're transporting this oxygen not to yourself, but you're transporting it to others who need that. So you're giving everything that you have to the common good and everything that you need is given to you by the common good. That If you're a cell in the body, you couldn't survive as a single-celled organism out in the world, but you gain the benefit of everybody else, what they've put in, letting you live. You think about it just on the level of an organ or something, the liver is detoxifying the blood. That's what it does. And it, because it does that, the whole human body can be free of things that would be suffocating it in various ways. And in return, the liver is completely protected you know, by, by the abdominal walls, by the skin, by the immune system. It's given all the blood that it needs by the circulatory system in the heart. There are all kinds of benefits that it gets uh, and in return, it gives itself. So if you think about that in terms of people, it's like us giving everything we can for the happiness of others and receiving all the gifts that are being given by everyone else. And the more and more we emulate that, the more we create heaven within ourselves, which is how you, how you do the heaven and on earth thing. And the final thing I'll say about that before I, I want to hear what you think, but is there's a extreme diversity within the body. There are so many different kinds of materials and substances and, and organs and organ systems. It's not that everything in there is the same. It's, it's different. And because it's different, you're able to do these complex biological processes that you need for things like homeostasis for, for a healthy body. And that reflects, Swedenborg says, the diversity of human beings, the diversity of religions, of cultures, all that, that, that a uh, an organism is actually stronger when all these differing elements work together harmoniously and that that's what we can be doing as, as a human race. So uh, this concept about heaven and something far out boils down into try to help everyone and, and accept help and we're going to get along. So does that make sense? Oh yes. You're singing my song. <laughs> I just, yes. I, and you know, that's the one piece about, that video that I mentioned in the intro is what we're talking about, the grand human, that you've really brought to life so eloquently in the video called You Are the Lungs. And um, our, our listeners can find that on the website, and we're going to share more about that later. But quite literally how you're talking about um, how every cell, there's two pieces here that I, I'm just going to repeat because it's sure. so important and, and we're doing this work. There's many people on the planet who are teaching these concepts in real life and, and how it works. But, but number one, 
where every individual cell is working for the whole, the whole is really sustaining and supporting the individual cell. It's beautiful. And you show it through that video and it's really how every cell works in the human body. And then this issue of diversity, Curtis, thank you. Because when you're talking about the that we need all the different functions, right? We need all, yep. we need all these people on our planet. We need seven point so many billion people and they're all unique and they have their role. But the key is when they see themselves as a part of the whole, they work toward that collective harmonic action that what you're talking about is creating the harmony between them. It's not to say one is better than the other or, or do your own work in separation. You really are teaching through Swedenborg, Swedenborg, <laughs> and that, that one video that is so powerful, really how this works, the grand human, it's, it's really beautiful. And there's a, there's a microcosm of that in everything, meaning you and I are having this conversation here but before we got on the radio your producer was here right so he is performing a function that if you were having to manage the microphones and the levels and the recording and everything you'd be distracted and couldn't put your full attention onto the conversation that we're having just like on my side i had people set me up with a microphone and plug it into this usb pre-2 make sure the levels are up because they know better than i do if i was trying to do both i would probably have a worse audio signal and then the end result to the listener would be less potent but because we have people with different skill sets working together, we, the overall thing improves. And so, so it's like that in, in businesses and in families and everything, we see this organization of, of these principles. Mm. You know, I want to say just a brief moment. We have to take a break here, but I just want to reflect on that because I really want our listeners just pause into that thought and really absorb that we don't have to do it all. And how many of us are conditioned to think, well, we, we need to master all things. We need to do all these things. And you're exactly right. Without Remy running this show, we wouldn't be having a, a show at all because hmm. I'm not going to be able to do that. And you're right. It's like when we really learn how to let go and allow others to serve us in that same capacity that we're serving the whole it all works. It's a beautiful formula. And like I said, Curtis, we need to take a break. I just want to let our listeners know that we're going to talk so much more about the Swedenborg Foundation, these books. And right after the break, I have the quote from that, the grand human, and I'm going to read it. It is beautiful. So we're going to talk so much more. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Before there were computer games and HDTV, cram courses and teaching to the test, there was this thing called imagination, a tool so powerful it could transport kids on the most amazing journeys of their lives, from outer space to center field at Yankee Stadium. It is for these journeys that Destination Imagination was created, an extraordinary after-school program in creativity and teamwork for every child. At Destination Imagination, teams are formed and challenges are met with a whole lot of imagination. 
And while we can't guarantee it'll get your kid into Harvard or onto American Idol, we're pretty sure that Destination Imagination will be the most important journey they make this year. Maybe any year. Parents, teachers, start a Destination Imagination team by calling 888-321-1503 or visit DestinationImagination.org. That's DestinationImagination.org. Come to the forest. It's a place not so far away. A place where you don't have to mow the lawn or babysit. I saw lizards and squirrels and bugs. Ladybugs, caterpillars. It's really cool, actually. A place where you don't have to make time for free time. Lots and lots of kinds of species here. Out here, you may even meet the mysterious creature known as the other you. The enchanted you. It's magic what flowers do. The adventurous you. My favorite tree. Yes. That one. The free-to-be-me you. (laughs) Ask your parents to take you to this not-so-far-away place. Come to the forest, where the other you lives. But first, stop by discovertheforest.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Do you get tired of styling your hair every day? And do you want a good hairstyle every day? Hi, I'm Sarah Schuster. I went on a website called inventnow.org. And after that, I decided to invent something too. Something called the Insta-Do. Just imagine, you just put it over your head like a helmet does, and you pick your hairstyle with the buttons on the side. Then you can have instant hairstyle in seconds. People like it. People like Jeff Bart. I like it. And people like Kenneth. It's this helmet thing, and it fits over your head, and it's great. Thank you, Kenneth. You should go to inventnow.org, and it could help you come up with your own invention. After all, look at me on the radio now. Anything's possible. Keep thinking. Get started on your own inventions, or just play some games at inventnow.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad Council. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe just listen to it again. I think I'm going to. And you can also do that by visiting our website, thedrjulieshow.com, where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's the Dr. Julie Show. And also stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I would love to hear from you. I always love your comments, suggestions, and feedback. We are here today talking with Curtis Childs from the Swedenborg Foundation. You can find him and his body of work, including his show, Swedenborg and Life, which airs every Monday evening at Swedenborg.com. That's S-W-E. E-D-E-N-B-O-R-G, Swedenborg.com. And Curtis, you have thousands and thousands of viewers, and even you release a video, and I just noticed today, a couple weeks ago, um, one of the videos has, you know, 10,000 people. It's amazing. You, What you're doing is of great service, I can tell, by the people who are tuning in. I wanted to share the quote with you. Do you mind if I start with that, Curtis? No, please do. Ah, oh, I love this. And I, I want to know if this is 
well, I'll ask you the question after I read this, but this comes right from the video, You Are the Lungs, and we were talking about the grand human, and it says, this is the ending, when the whole body, when every part is working together, we call that health. But when everybody is doing their part in the great body, every single person contributing to the whole so that we all benefit, so that everyone's discoveries, patience, lessons learned, hard work, and examples of love lift us all up. When every little part of every cell is feeding from the whole and giving back to the whole, when there's health for the whole human race together is one complex, immense, intimate, interdependent system, we call that heaven. Ah, just rest in that. Curtis, the way you um, shared that on the video, the video is is beautiful and um, we named this breathing together just my inspiration from that video mm-hmm. but you really bring it to life of showing us our collective self and the way you narrated it was so powerful and I have to tell you I share it with groups and groups and groups um, oh, we cool. just gathered with um, stewards from the good of the whole and last weekend and I showed that and they were all melting in their seats. I, <laughs> I showed it in May at a lead, uh, a gathering of, of really global leaders and change makers. And they all went, Oh my gosh, that's it. It's perfect. Cool. Is that Swedenborg's words or is that you creating the narrative from Swedenborg's teachings? I, I mean, I wrote that those lines that you were reading there, I wrote the script to it, but it's all, yeah, it's all based on Swedenborg's ideas. And he, he, d- he doesn't, go for the poetry when he's describing things, but the the reality that he's describing is so beautiful that I'm just trying to connect people to that uh, through the script. Well, congratulations. You did really a a beautiful job. It's, it's really quite eloquent. So thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Yep. I, I want to shout out Matt, who's actually my brother who made the graphics for that video, which was a, a lot, a lot of work. So he really put in a lot of art to the whole thing. Wow. Well, let's just go there. You talked about having a team and thank you, Matt. It is a lot of work. It was an, it, it, it's an exquisite video, but you have this team, you have the foundation just before we go into more of his works. And I, I, I do want to ask you a few more questions about the teachings. Sure. Tell us about the foundation. Sure. Swedenborg Foundation is a nonprofit group with whose mission statement is to foster an affirmative, increasingly broad conversation around the ideas of Emanuel Swedenborg. So essentially to do what we're doing right now, get people uh, to understand that, hey, this is cool stuff. See, see, don't we want to talk about it? See what comes out of that conversation. It's quite an old organization. It's a more, more than 100 years old. Uh, it's come through a few different iterations. At one point, it was just keeping Swedenborg's books in print and translating those books. Um, but now we've branched out, particularly in the last few years, into doing a lot of online media kind of stuff. And I, I started working with them about five years ago now and when we started working on these social media projects. And essentially it's it comes out of people who discover the value in Swedenborg and know this is not something everyone's going to just pick up and get to know. We've got to find a way to, to show people that it's here. So that's the, the spirit behind it is that. Excellent. You know, I, I agree with you, though. It's not material you're going to pick up and go, whoa. And it's it's so complex and deep and wide. And 
And yet there's such incredible wisdom there. So I appreciate the foundation stepping forward to keep it alive and the new ways that you're using media and technology to do that. But I also want to mention to our listeners, they can click on Swedenberg.com and literally view every text online. Is that correct? For free. For free. Yes, that's right. Uh, we, we're in the midst, as the Swedenborg Foundation, of doing a new translation of Swedenborg's work. So it's called the New Century Edition. It's the most recent translation. Trying to put them in as clear English as we can. Every volume that comes out is available as a free PDF or ebook. Um, and then we have a backlog. I think we have PDFs even of all the other ones that haven't been translated in that new translation. So yeah, we're trying to make the, we're not trying to make a bunch of money off of book sales. Um, we're, we're trying to make the information accessible. So we, you know, do that in, in whatever ways. The web is just amazing for that. We have, it's a really no cost to us to provide the information after we've, we've made it. So we just run on a, a donations um, situation. So if somebody feels moved, they can give to support the foundation. But if someone's just curious, they can get as much of his material as they want for free. And that's even with this show, with everything we want it. We don't want it, anyone to be hurting spiritually or something. And, oh, I don't really want to pay. So I won't get into that thing. We want everybody to be able to get the material that they need. And then if people get moved by it, they can support us on the back end. And you know what? So just that process, and I, I, did want to compliment you on that. How you really promote that is so generative and beautiful that literally you're being that grand body of mm. what we just talked about. Like right. you're just saying, we're just going to do our part. And if you need it, take it because we're here to serve the whole. And if your part is to give donations because you can, we certainly will appreciate it. And that whole cycle just continues. So brilliant, brilliant. Kudos to you guys on, on your practicing it. You really are practicing it. So thank, thank you, you for that. Yep. So let's go back to some of the teachings so that we can just get another feel for besides that, what we shared on the human body. Swedenborg talks about God, talks about, heaven, the spiritual world, the spiritual path and the journey, our growth, heaven and hell. Some of the books, I'm just going to throw some out. You have the sure. heaven and hell, divine love and wisdom, secrets of heaven, divine providence. There's so much here. How do you suggest someone coming to that site begin? And what might be some of the fundamental, simple teachings you could just share with us today? Absolutely. The questions that you're asking are difficult ones to solve. How do you even suggest where somebody starts in Swedenborg? And really, the thing about Swedenborg is he covers, I, I, I want to say he covers every aspect of life. I, I, I know he doesn't quite get into every nook and cranny, but all your major bases he's got covered. And he, he wrote, you know, it's translated into about 30 volumes. So a ton of material over this last couple of decades of his life. And I don't, I don't think there's one book that I would recommend to everybody to start. Like everybody should read Heaven and Hell or something like that because it depends on what you're looking for. We have a couple of video resources. We have one that's just a short video. It's who was Swedenborg? What should I read? Which gives a brief overview. And we recently did a program, uh, an episode called Swedenborg 101, The Basic Nature of Everything, which in which we tried in like an hour and 20 minutes to cover all the basic tenets of his his philosophy or theology and we did an okay job we had to leave a bunch out just because there's so much in there but i so anybody who's listening can can search those titles 
find those on the web. But, but as far as individual, where do you start? It, it's a tricky thing getting into Swedenborg. And you've alluded to this a couple of times because you're not necessarily going to pick up one of his books, open it up, and feel that grand, uplifting, soaring feeling that you were describing in that video that we released. You could very well open up Swedenborg and say, this is dumb. I don't like this at all. <laughs> but because he, somebody once described him as, he uses a lot of Christian language to describe what he saw, um, how, but which is great for some people. For other people, it makes them want to close the book. He right. also... It talks about a lot of very out there stuff. He's talking to spirits. He's traveling in the afterlife, which to some people, they love it. To other people, makes them want to close the book. He uses a lot of philosophical terminology and really gets into this metaphysics of things. Some people love it. Other people would want to throw the book away, right? So there's there's all these potential barriers to Swedenborg. Uh, and it's up to us to try to, as the foundation, to try to navigate people past those. Because once you get a real taste of what he's talking about, then you can get hooked enough that you'll give the books some time. It, it really seems like the more you understand his philosophy as a whole, the more beautiful it is. The, the, if you just read an excerpt, it's not necessarily going to blow you away. But once you start getting deeper and deeper into it, you kind of feel like, wow, this is speaking to my heart. And some people get that right away, but for a lot of people, not so. And I will give you this this summary of his teachings that, that you were asking for. I would say, essentially, um, God is love, and love in the sense of continuous desire to bring this kind of heavenly happiness we're talking about, this grand human um, principle, everybody serving everybody, wanting to be, we, we all get those higher ideals as sort of a, a reflection of God, that that is God's attitude towards everything. Service, love, um, valuing everyone for who they are. Swedenborg describes a God who is never angry or judging or vengeful towards anyone who is both unknowable and knowable at the same time. Like there's this infinity that you could never fully comprehend, but yet God is relatable enough that you could, you know, sit down and have a conversation. And then from that, Swedenborg talks about this whole spiritual world, the survival of consciousness after death. He says, yeah, that happens. And not only that, the spiritual world and the physical world are intimately united, enough that you could almost call the physical world a mirror or an echo of the spiritual world. That there is, we, Swedenborg once described it as people think of the spiritual world as something far away, like a bird flying off into the air, you know, but, but really the spiritual world is like a beautiful bird of paradise right in front of your face, like trying to get you to open your eyes to it. That we, everything we do, this world is not an isolated system from the spirit. We're being, our, our hearts and minds are in touch with heaven. As we speak, the negative parts of ourselves are what you could call hell, that there's this polarity in every person. There's this polarity on larger scales um, to separate what is helpful from what is harmful. He says, he talks about this universal symbolism that he calls correspondences. You know, the idea of a, a human body being able to represent heaven, that's one correspondence. But there's there's correspondences in everything you see, not just nature, animals and, and sunsets. And why does this stuff make us feel like it does? It's because it's telling us something deeper about the spiritual, but even things like houses, you know, that, you know, in, in dream psychology, people talk about 
a house being an image of the mind. If you have a dream, you're up in the attic. That means there's something up at the top of your thought. Well, Swedenborg would say that's because of correspondences, because there is this symbolism written into these things. That we're all sort of speaking this language that we don't really realize that we're speaking. So there's there's that part of it. He talks about the inner meaning of sacred texts and the the correspondence is that same language that's in dreams. It's written into everything. That's the way that these sacred texts like the Bible are, are speaking. That's why they can have such strange stories in them that can hold. But within that, this deeper truth that does show love and everything you would hope that God would be. Um, so he's got, he's got that. And then he gets into, you know, where thoughts and feelings come from and how to navigate those. And he gives a, a, a long treatise on, What's the path towards what he calls reformation and regeneration or spiritual growth, I think we would call it now. So those are a few of the main points, um, but there are just all these little sub points and tangents and details that really make it any safari into his content, you know, worth your time. Very good. See that your your explanation is really um, helpful because what I'm hearing and what I know to be true is that his theory, his philosophy, his theology, if you will, is so universal. Yes. It is so universal. And the other piece that's really beautiful, and I, I appreciate you talking about how he does talk about Jesus and Christianity and the Bible and what you do on your show, Curtis, which is brilliant, is the explanation of those things. So we come mm. with what we might understand from different theories, philosophies, theologies, and even just our understanding of nature and life and relationships. And then what Swedenborg does is comes from this universal and then really helps us deepen into our own understanding. Like we can see really morsels of truth in almost everything. And then your work has expanded it for us. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And and Swedenborg, you know, he was back in his day in, in the 17, when he was publishing in the 1750s and 60s, he was saying any spiritual tradition can be a path to heaven. And back now, a lot of people say that, but back then you could go on trial for saying something like that. But he was, what you'll find is he uses often Christian sounding language to describe things that are universal. And at times it's not Christian sounding at all. It sounds much more like Buddhism or Eastern philosophy. So you, there, you get, there was a guy, um, D.T. Suzuki, who sort of was credited with bringing Zen Buddhism westward. And he's, he wrote a book called Buddha of the North, and it was about Swedenborg, because there's these threads, and Swedenborg was saying that, yeah, the, the first revelation was nature, that the, the ancient cultures could read the things that we now get from our sacred texts and our religious traditions, mm -hmm. just in the in the mountains and in the sky and in the water and the, the way things felt and looked and, and interacted. So there is this absolute universal message. Someone recently asked me on the show, because we do this little, it's a, it's a q and A. I often don't have full answers to things because people will ask these these awesome questions. But somebody said it was Swedenborg's experience colored by his his Christian tradition. And I think I don't really think so. I think he's describing universal things. At times he uses language that's appropriate to his tradition. But but I think that once you really see the message, universal is a great word for it. And it it accounts it doesn't place groups of people over other people. It doesn't place the importance of one path over another. It's really something that 
when I look at it, it doesn't feel small. It, it feels big like this. Wow. This could be a universal truth because it's inclusive enough and it's hopeful enough. And it, and it doesn't, I, I find sometimes in, in spiritual traditions or religions of various kinds, they give an explanation for part of life, but it's kind of like, why is the rest of life like it is? If that's the point of life, that one thing, why is there well, life so rich and complex and why is there so much to it? But with Swedenborg, he's saying that every, all those details are part of this whole and that they all matter. And, and it's not, nothing's being left by the wayside as, as less important that you can learn. If I knew the, I'm looking around this, the studio that I'm in right now, if I really knew the language uh, of creation, I could learn all kinds of secrets of, of wisdom just from what I'm looking at, you know, and you can just learn them just by interacting with a person. You can learn things about love and, and about connection, but it's, you know, we just don't know always how to read it, but, but it's not like, anything is devoid of value. Mm, I love that. I love that. <laughs> and I, I really appreciate you really referencing the inclusive and the hopeful because that's really, really big and important. And so I, I do have one question that I think a lot of our listeners will really appreciate because we hear a lot about Christ consciousness now in the world. We're talking about that. Many of us are talking about the divine human and Swedenborg talks about that. So from your point of view, Curtis, and with Swedenborg, what is the divine human and why is that relevant in our world today? Absolutely. Um, I said a, a little bit ago that God is this infinite, unknowable, amazing thing, yet tangible enough and relatable enough that you could sit down. And, and that's the divine human. When people have their near-death experiences, and they talk about, you know, there's times when they're meeting, they'll call it a being of light or something, or, or sometimes they just overtly call it God or Jesus or something like that. This presence of a, a person, whether it appears as a person or you just feel something that's like you, but bigger and better. And th that is actually where the deepest love can be communicated, the, the, this this divine human. And actually, Swedenborg says, it's not that God is kind of like us. We are human because God is that God is like this essential thing. Um, and that we are sort of a reflection of it. And if that, like we opened the show talking about, and we've touched on since this human form is showing this vision of interconnection and love that that's, it's not the shape of it. It's the, the function of it, that the, mm. this service to everyone that is in that, you know, you can't fully grasp God, but you're getting a sense of that kind of love is God. Swedenborg says at God is love and wisdom, N not just love, but love and wisdom, because there's this form and this, this knowing in God. So we can experience this relationship with God because God is both unknowable and human at the same time. And if you think about how much of our life is, is human to human relationship, you know, that, like I was just talking about, nothing is left out. It's not like you really go through this tough journey of you have people that are in your family or your friends or your spouse or something. You work and work at how do I, how do we come to an understanding of love and understanding the needs of one person and the other person and how do you coexist? And then the human race as a whole, how do we have differences and yet get along well? How do we serve each other? All this human to human interaction, that's not all wasted because we're, we're doing the same thing with God, the, the finite and the infinite connecting with each other and learning, uh, you know, obviously God is already there, but, but we're learning in our part, how do you have relationship with this divine human? And not only that in every person, 
we're seeing part of the human of God and that God is experiencing, uh, God is not like beside us. God is right in there with us and, and however you want to understand that. But there is, we're, we're getting this connection with God through this divine human that you couldn't get if it wasn't there. Uh, And Swedenborg talks about it. Like you just think about trying to just contemplate something without form versus seeing a person that just radiates love and truth and knowing you and, and feeling like they care about you intimately and deeply and perfectly. That's think about that person walking towards you and you can really get us start to get a sense of how much God loves us. So, so there's a few Mm. scattered thoughts on, on the divine human. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. I know if you are really really resonant with this if you're really if you're listening you're going i want more go to swedenborg.com and i would suggest starting with curtis's videos and and look up swedenborg in life every monday night and all the archives are right there curtis we just have a few minutes left in the show and i really like to kind of talk about just kind of wrapping this all up for our listeners by looking at how we can use this to create a positive future. And, and I'm, I'm hearing you, the prescriptions right here, and just even that grand human design is incredible. But if you could just say one last thing that, that would continue that inclusive and hopeful message, what might you share with our listeners? Sure. Um, well, the good news is we're, we're built for it. I mean, we're, we're designed to to be able to make this thing work. It, sometimes it feels like, are we ever going to be able to get the human race all working together? But it's it's built into the system. I mean, the, the deck is actually stacked in our favor. Uh, and I think that the the easiest thing to do is thinking about thinking about your impact on the world in things as you do them. Swedenborg would call this usefulness or the philosophy of usefulness. If I well, because I'm here doing this show with you. I can be approaching it one of two ways. There's a multitude, but I'll say one of two ways. One is I can be thinking about how how cool do I sound right now? You know, does Dr. Julie think I'm cool? Does she think I'm better than her other guests or worse than her other guests? Or, you know, is she like, when is this going to be over? Are the listeners thinking I'm cool? That's one way I can be going at it. But the other way is I can be thinking about people in the audience who might be helped by this information. And I can be thinking, Mm -hmm. how do I make it so that Somebody gets some kind of lift who needs it from this. And if that's what I'm thinking about as I'm doing this, I am in my little way participating in heaven right now. And that's something you can do when you're washing the dishes. You can think about the next time somebody grabs a plate and has something to eat. That's something little you can do, but it's also really big because it gets the focus. It it, it like sort of leaps us into being part of this heavenly body already. Wonderful. That that's it. I love that. Thank you. Curtis, it's really been my sincere delight in serving you and bringing you to our listeners today. And I really appreciate your message, your passion, your creativity, and everything you're doing with the Swedenborg Foundation. So thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, Oh, my delight. And again, I just want to remind our listeners as we're closing here, you can find out so much more and again, get all of these books for free online, free downloads, click 
and donate if you can. And if you're not into the reading part, um, and you can order real books too on the foundation. They're not going to discourage you from doing that. But also the videos are incredible and very helpful and so comprehensive. So Again, go to Swedenborg Foundation. And thank you for joining us today. Remember, together we create connections for the greater good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.